98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up to the claw on this Wednesday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo show here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. We're live from the Oxygen Community Studios. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, Sean Gambadoro. What's going on, Gambo? Hey, Burnsy, what's going Turn on? on microphone, Gambo. Turn what on is right going there. on? Uh, you big country music fan there, Gambo? Um, a little. My wife is a huge... Okay. i got to get Morgan Wallen tickets. Oh. Morgan Wallen is playing, and like uh, she needs tickets. She's demanding gotta, tickets to that? Yes. Yeah, okay. I'm like, I need Morgan Wallen tickets I'm pay, uh, to pay for. I need to get tickets from Morgan Wallen. She not, loves Morgan Wallen. I'm not a huge country fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a couple of artists that I like. I like what, John Denver. Uh, well, okay, he's kind of old. He's dead. Um, and he's dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's, that's, there's that. Uh, you ever hear of Eric Church? Yeah, Eric Church. Eric yeah. Church, yeah. Who's not going to play a concert because of the Duke North Carolina <laughs> that's, that's game. That's why I was stringing you into it. Oh, Eric yeah. Church is such a North Carolina fan, he canceled the concert in San Antonio. And people are pissed. People are pissed. People are so mad. Church announced the cancellation in a message to his supporters on Tuesday, explaining he wants to watch the Tar Heels game on Saturday night so badly, oh, man. he won't be able to perform at the AT&T Center in San Antonio. Oh, Looks like Duke just gained a lot of fans. Uh-huh. Church called the move, quote, the most selfish thing he's ever asked of his fans, but he, he implored... He didn't ask anything. He just canceled. He doesn't... You don't gotta ask anybody anything. He implored them to understand because the game just means that much yeah. to him. <laughs> Man, that's how you know Ooh. when you've got some power. You can just... Yeah, cancel I've, your I, concert. I've got a sold-out concert. Eric Church sells out every building he plays in. Probably 20,000 people there to see him. And on five days notice, yeah, to hell with it. I'm gonna go watch UNC Duke. <laughs> Forget it. I'm I like the Nelly Florida Georgia line. Do you really? A little bit. Are you, just a little are you bit. Searching through your Spotify I, I to see some this. country. I mean, a little bit of country. I don't have a whole lot, but are I have you, a little bit of country. Are you a little bit of country, a little bit of rock and roll? Ah, uh, no. <laughs> I'm a, I have a lot more rock and roll. That's an old song, right? I mean, I had Layla from Derek and the Dominoes on my car when I was delivering a pizza the other day, and somebody commented, I love that song, Layla. That's not country. It's a great song. No, that's not country. That's not country. I like John Denver. I actually really like John Denver's oh, music. Yeah, that's yeah. really. And the most unsurprising thing we've heard today. Let's uh, see if we can surprise somebody with our next segment here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Sun's Day here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. Another one of those matchups that at the beginning of the season you circle. Okay, looking forward to seeing that one. There was a time, Gambo, when the Suns and Warriors might have been a preview for the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. It might still be a preview of the Western Conference Finals, or it could be a preview of the Suns' second-round matchup, depending on how far the Warriors fall in the standings. Yes. Yeah. Nah. Now, listen, you go back to November 30th, 2021. You go back to November 30th when the Suns beat the Warriors 104-96. Steph Curry shot 4 of 21 from the field with Mikael Bridges on him. That is when I Decided to throw down some shekels on De- De- uh, Mikael Bridges winning defensive player. Oh, was that, was of the, that the year? game that motivated you to do that it? That was the I, game I, that I... motivated to do it. Steph Curry was four for twenty-one. 
He was 3 of 14 from three-point range. He scored 12 points in the game. Um, I mean, it was just, he was the most impactful player on the court. He had four steals, and he was a plus 21 against against uh, Steph Curry. And the Suns won that game. The Suns had won 17 straight games at that point. That was tying the franchise record. Golden State had scored over 100 points in 43 straight games. That streak was snapped. Steph had the worst shooting night of his career when he takes at least 20 shots. Golden State had 23 turnovers. And that was the first of three matchups against Golden State that we were all very, very excited about. And now the Suns are playing the Warriors tonight, and I ain't that excited. Like I mean, I'm, I mean, I just don't. I think Memphis has passed them. They have as the team, not just in the standings, not in the standings okay, but. but as the team that you know is poses more of a threat. I mean, Golden State's got injuries and they're not playing very well, and I think that they are not. I don't look at the Warriors right now the way I did. When the Suns played him for the first time on November 30th. We've, we've talked a lot about the Warriors the last couple of weeks, and I think if there's one thing to kind of have a healthy dose of respect or fear for when it comes to them is that eventually they're going to get Steph Curry back. And eventually, if everything goes well for them, Curry and Green and Clay Thompson are going to play enough games together with all those other guys that they will kind of figure it out. And I think when they do, they'll be very dangerous. I just don't know if any of that's going to happen in time for it to be a real threat to the Suns. It's fair. You know, I just yeah. don't know if any of that can, can cook fast enough in goal. Golden State for it to be a real threat for the Suns. Now, a lot, now you talk about that first game, a lot has changed since the first handful of times the Suns have played the Warriors. Over the last 22 games, tell me, oh, wise one. <laughs> Over the last 22 games, the Warriors are 7 and 15. Ooh. They've lost six of their last seven games. Over these last 22 games, they're 20th in the NBA in offensive rating. D- Draymond Green has said that the Warriors are playing soft and stupid. Then he called himself out on Sunday as being terrible. Steve Kerr is calling out the team. Uh, Andrew Wiggins been a huge disappointment in this time without Steph Curry and with these injuries. In a time when one of your best players should step up, yeah. he's taking a step back. He's not playing very well right the, now for uh, the Warriors. The Warriors in the last two seasons without Steph Curry have five wins and 16 losses. Five and sixteen without Steph Curry. This will be the first time that Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and Andre Iguodala will be on the floor together since 2019. We're in 2022. Mm-hmm. The last time that Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and Andre Iguodala played on the floor together, you go back to 2019. Everyone besides Weissman and Steph Curry are available for the Warriors tonight in this game. But you're talking about a team that is, you know, really, really struggling, and you're going up against the Suns team that just continues to play well. But Ah, boy, the excitement level that we had in late November getting ready for, and we looked at it, we we circled it on our calendars. Yes. Suns Warriors, November, th- and then it was the two more, right? There was the Christmas Day game, and it was one right around. It was three games, and boy, what are they going to do against Golden State? Boy, it'd be nice to get two out of three and hold the tiebreaker in case you end up tied with them. I remember all those conversations. Since that time, the Warriors, not that the Warriors are out of sight, out of mind, but they just... You know, they haven't been able to live up to their end of the bargain. No, I think they've just, uh, look, they've, their flaws have been exposed. And here's what I mean by that. Okay. They're, they're obviously an excellent team when they're all healthy. Their over-reliance on Steph Curry has been really exposed. I mean, you pointed out the numbers and there are more numbers that when he, you know, when he doesn't play this season, their offensive rating is terrible. Their defensive rating is terrible. It's just, it's the Draymond Green, his health, even if he does, he's back, but even if he stays back, how long can he stay healthy? Clay Thompson, look. What you're seeing out of Clay Thompson is what you should have been to see out of a guy who missed 30 months of basketball. Yeah. 
right? I, yeah. I mean, he's been hit and missed Next year, and he'll be hot better. and cold. Next year, Next he year be better. should be much better. But this year, this is kind of what you get from a guy who's missed two years the of problem basketball. problem is, next year at this time, Steph Curry's 35 years old. Uh-huh. A year from right now, Steph Curry will be 35 years old next year. Like That that window is closing. I know we got a great conversation about Memphis and you know what, what people think about the future of the NBA in these next few years. I mean, the Golden State Warriors, I, I just I look at the age of some of these guys, and man, I just don't feel like, you know, I feel like that window is closing on them. Now, that hasn't stopped Andrew Wiggins, and this is sound from today, from talking a little smack about the mentality of his team heading into tonight. We were so that team, you know, even with, you know, on that little, little funk that, you know, we were in, we're still third um, in the West, and we believe we're still the best team, especially when everyone's healthy. You know, that's what we're going towards. Um, tonight's going to be a big game. You know, Phoenix has the best record in the league. They're, you know, they're a good team. Um, but, you know, we believe we can be anybody. Okay, not too bad. Not I thought it was going to be worse. I, I thought he didn't say anything about the Suns. He didn't, like, he didn't say we're better than them or we're going to beat them or anything like that. Because then, I mean, thank goodness for him that he didn't. He's probably learned his lesson from everybody else. Then Booker would have went for 52 and the Suns would have won by 30 because they would have been mad and angry. Now, I don't know if you could, if, I, if I'm Monty or somebody, can I change those words? Let me hear it again. Right, Let me on. just hear it again. We believe we're so that team. You know, even with, you know, um, that little, little funk that, you know, we were in, we're still third um, in the West. And we believe we're still the best team, especially when everyone's healthy. You know, that's what we're going towards. Um, tonight's going to be a big game. You know, Phoenix has the best record in the league. They're, you know, they're a good team. Um, but, you know, we believe we can be anybody. I would just cut it right there. Von Monty. Yeah, here's what Andrew said. He says, you guys are a good team, but you're really not that good. And that they're much better. And yeah. once they're healthy, they're going to prove it in the playoffs. And they're going to kick your ass. That's what Andrew Riggins said. Just say that. To tell that to the Suns in the locker room and let them believe that. And the Suns will win by 40 tonight. Just, just the one line. We, we believe we're the best team. All you need to do is go. We wipe, believe that we will win. Whiteboard. Go into the locker room. Yeah. Whiteboard. Quote, we believe we're the best team. Close quote, Andrew mm-hmm. Wiggins. And then, yeah. and then wouldn't it be funny? And, and you've already given me a benchmark to keep track of tonight. I'm expecting no less than 52 points from Devin Booker tonight, a 30-point win. You, that's where you set the bar, you know? You know well, if he plays what, what, mad, like if he believes that they're... If, he be, if, if anybody on that team believes that another team is kind of dissing them, oh, watch out. Just watch out. Because like this team, they're motivated enough to win these games, but you give that, them that added motivation by somebody thinking that they're better than you, and they, they've got, a, they got an axe to grind, telling you, my the, friend. they got an axe to the, grind. The 50-point watch is on tonight. Mm. Gambo has called right. his shot. I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't surprise me one bit. You can. It's your last shot to participate in the madness. Text the word BUCKS. It's a 62620. Choose from the last four teams for your chance to win $500. Text the word Bucks to 62620. The Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks is presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. When we come back, the NFL draft is a month from tomorrow, and the mock drafts are starting to take a little bit better shape. Who are some of the guys the Cardinals could look at in a theme that one in particular kind of ignores? We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Burns and Gambo, afternoons. All right, stop the presses now. This is not breaking news where they don't play the sounder. People will just make fun of me if you do. 
No, don't play it. Don't play it. The Arizona Cardinals today hosted a free agent wide receiver in a visit, according to Field Yates from ESPN.com. Mm, okay. Malik Turner. Who? <laughs> okay, okay, Who? okay, Mike Jarecki. Who? <laughs> doesn't, doesn't MJ have a patent on Who? that? Does he, does he, does he should. Can he sue you right now? Like, oh, well, like he's one of my best friends. Why not? You know, yes. I don't know if that would stop him necessarily. Friends would still sue one another. Certainly wouldn't stop me. Yeah, if you were in trademark violation, I would sue your pants Ooh. off. Absolutely. Uh, Malik Turner uh, is uh, from the Dallas Cowboys, formerly of the Dallas Cowboys. He also spent a couple years with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, his very best season came with the Seahawks in 2019. 15 catches, 245 yards. And a touchdown. Last year for Dallas, he had 12 catches for 149 yards and three touchdowns. I am not very familiar with one Malik Turner. Who? Went to Illinois. <laughs> You're going to keep doing that, aren't you? I'm telling you, MJ. Sue him. If you've, if, you've got, if you've got patent protection on that, if you've got trademark protection, sue him. Because that's your shtick, man. That's not Gambos. That's your shtick, MJ. That's not Gambos. Who? I'll buy you a lobster roll, MJ. Come on. We'll go get some lobster rolls together, me and you. We um, share a love for lobster rolls. Come on. Yeah, it's the, the quiet offseason mm. when it comes to signing free agents for the Cardinals continues because Malik Turner is God. You're gonna do that every time, aren't you? He is not going to. I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna stop saying his name. I'm gonna stop saying his name. I'm just say him. He. That guy. I'm not gonna say his name because every time I do, you're gonna. Do you have any thoughts on he him? <laughs> he who shall rename. He who shall he remain who shall nameless. Rename. Because you're just gonna play Mike Jarecki's. No, I mean is. I mean a reaction I, I, there. I mean, just you wonder if they, you know, if they liked him in the draft. The you wonder if there's a. Um, you know, is to try to de- get a depth guy in here. I mean, obviously you need a number two receiver, and he's clearly not that guy. I mean, he's played in 41 games. He's only had three starts, and uh, he's only got 29 re- receptions in four years of playing in the NFL. He's only yeah. played four years in the NFL. I mean, you're not looking at him, and, you know, you take a flyer on a guy, you bring him in, and, uh, you know, maybe, listen, the other thing is you could be bringing him in. This happens a lot of times. You could be bringing him in to get one of the other guys you like to come down in price. You know, look, oh, to you, try to like uh, happens all the time. Yeah, happens all the time. Hey, you don't, don't make you, me don't make don't me make, bring in sure. Malik Turner. You gonna do it? No, don't make me bring in Malik Turner. I was well, I was waiting for I it. Was it didn't give happen. Me a break, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, because uh, if I if I bring him in, it means I'm not going to sign you. I suppose maybe I don't know. It, it just it does continue with the theme of just how oddly weirdly quiet this offseason has been. Now four weeks from tomorrow, it's not going to be quiet. Four weeks from tomorrow, it's the round one of the NFL draft, and then on Friday it's going to be rounds two and three, and then on Saturday four, five, six, and seven. And the Arizona Cardinals are currently sitting at number. 23. And as we are four weeks from the draft, and given that free agency is really slowed down to next to nothing right now, it's time to start thinking about what the Cardinals are going to do with this spot. And I know it's not your favorite, but you sent it to me. I sent it to you. Bucky Brooks's latest mock draft on NFL.com. And, and again, it's not necessarily about the specific player, but just kind of about the idea that comes out of the, this mock draft. Idea number one, he doesn't have any quarterbacks going in the first round, right? Crazy. Just crazy. That's what. So, and we talked about this yesterday. Usually, 
when you're picking where the Cardinals are picking, one of the benefits is that there's going to be four four quarterbacks that go ahead of you, five quarterbacks that go ahead of you, and that's going to push a lot of guys down. You figure if you're picking twenty third and five quarterbacks go ahead of you and you don't need a quarterback, well then you're you know that there's eighteen players that you know you'll get one of the top eighteen players. But when when twenty three players because there's no quarterback, you know now you're getting one of the top twenty three players, not one of the top eighteen players because you don't need a quarterback, so you're not even looking at quarterback. So that's one of the negatives of this draft is that a lot of people, they and I told you, I, I've, I've even heard that there are teams that might be like, hey, I don't, why am I going to, I might as well just wait till next year. Why? I mean, just come back with the guy I have instead of taking a flyer and this guy who I don't really like that much. And I'll just go back. I'll come back. I'll run it back with Sam Darnold. I'll run it back. I'll golf Cam Newton be my quarterback. I'll, you know, and then, you know, next year you suck and next year you get a better draft pick in what's supposed to be a better quarterback class. Yeah. As good as that all sounds, I'm telling you right now to anybody on this show, lunch bet right now that a quarterback will go in the first round of the NFL draft. I would say two. I mean, it, it's it, the, the idea that no quarterbacks are going to go in the first round of an NFL draft. God, I don't believe I that. will bet anybody a lunch right now that a quarterback will go at least one in the first round of this draft. I don't care how bad they are. I don't care how mediocre this class is. Somebody always takes a quarterback sure. in the first round. And you're probably yeah. right. It'll probably end up being closer to two. I don't know if three are going to go, but uh, it's I, at least one is going to go. The Liberty yeah. Kid seems to have, to me, uh, the most upside. Yeah, I, I think he's got the Malik Willis, the Liberty kid. He seems to have a lot of upside, arm strength, speed, dual threat type of guy. I think he's, you know, Hugh Freeze coached him. I think he could be a, he's got a chance. All right, now from the Cardinals right. perspective, let's yeah. talk about what he's got them doing. I'm actually going to start doing this because we have him at our disposal. With the 23rd pick, he's got the Cardinals taking defensive tackle Jordan Davis out of Georgia. Here's his draft profile. Jordan Davis, defensive tackle, Georgia. Davis is a beefy, burly, enormous defensive tackle with surprising quickness and athleticism. He is a movable inside and can be plugged right in to become one of the league's best run stoppers right away. While he does lack agility and is not a great pass rusher, his skill set can definitely translate to success in the right scheme. NFL comp, all-pro defensive tackle, Ted Washington. Yeah, he's not a pass rusher. He doesn't give you that skill set. He doesn't have that. He's a two-gap guy in the run game, you know, where, you know, two guys are going to occupy him because he's, he's just a big, you know, big guy, the big, strong guy. So, you know, it doesn't hurt to get these guys. And everybody wants the pass rusher, but if you don't love the pass rushers or if the guys you like are gone and you have a chance to get an impact defensive tackle like this, I mean, he, he allows defenses to, to do a lot of different things because of how well he supports the run. He has got, Bucky Brooks has one, two, three edge rushers going before the Cardinals make their pick. And he's got one, two, three, four wide receivers going before the Cardinals yeah. make their pick. And then he's got a fourth edge rusher who goes right after the Cardinals yeah. make their pick. Now, a couple they, of these they, edge rushers. Oh, I'm sorry to me interrupt you, yeah. but a couple of these edge rushers. Okay. Kayvon Thibodeau, he's not going to be there. No. Aiden Hutchinson, he's not going to be there. No, right. I mean, so a couple of these guys you picks. can rule out, right? Yeah. But you start getting lower to the draft. You do wonder, given what's going on in free agency, if the Cardinals almost have to take a wide receiver or edge rusher in this year's draft. Listen, you just build a defensive line and 
you know, this is a guy, you know, he played at Georgia. He was double teamed. He was triple teamed, uh, recorded 32 tackles, tackles for loss. He only had the two sacks and nine quarterback hurries. But, you know, he's so big and strong that everybody had to double team him and triple team him. He was one of the best run defenders in the entire SEC for the Georgia Bulldogs. So, and he was unbelievable at the combine. He's, he's 340 pounds and he ran a 4.7840. Right. So, like, you're getting an incredible, strong, athletic guy. I mean, I have no problem with this at all if he's if he's the guy that the Cardinals end up getting. He's not the pass rusher you want, but he's a great defensive lineman, and he's just going to make your D line just that. So much you don't better. think they have to go wide receiver or edge at number twenty three? No, I think I think I mean okay. Like this is the Tommy Knight comparison, right? I mean if if you've got the second best defensive tackle and the sixth best defense uh, the edge rusher, which way do you go? You know, you're going to force the edge rusher out there and get Tommy Knight. We, we did the Tommy Knight draft the other day. He was the third cornerback taken, ninth overall by the Cardinals. They needed a cornerback so bad, the top two guys were gone. And so they ended up with Tommy Knight. There were so many better, better players they could have went with um, in that draft, and they didn't They didn't do it. They took Tommy Knight. It so was the uh, 97 draft, and we never can remember the two cornerbacks. Uh, let me, guess, let me uh, guess. Okay, real quick. Westbrook. Real quick. That's one of them. He went to the Detroit Lions with the fifth pick overall. And with the third pick overall in the, two, in the 1997 NFL draft, the Seattle Seahawks select... Sean Spring, ah, defensive back out of Ohio State. Okay. Those two cornerbacks were off the board. The Cardinals needing corner in the worst kind of way reached, and they took Tom Knight and left Tony Gonzalez right. so, on the board. So if you don't love the edge rushers and you don't love the wide receivers, and you got a guy like this that's going to come in, I mean, this is a freak athlete, and he's yeah, I mean, he's going to make you a lot. He's a Darnell Dockett type in some ways, you know. Hey. I mean, nothing wrong with getting a guy like that. I mean, remember how, they remember like how that. fierce Darnell Dockett was? He got sure. double teamed all the time. He was a beast. He was strong. He was a killer. He was a killer, Darnell Dockett. This kid's the same way. He's a killer. He's going to come in here. He's going to disrupt everything. So, you know, I think that's, you know, you look at that. How do you get better? I mean, this is a kid that's going to make you, whoever gets this kid, you a much better football team, the defensive tackle, Jordan Davis. What the Phoenix Suns have done, we all continue to be grateful for. We appreciate. We enjoy. It's also historical. Very rare. In fact, so rare, they're only the second team in NBA history to do what? We'll tell you what next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter Poll, presented by Sanderson Ford. Eric's here with today's Twitter Poll question of the day. Suns going for their win tonight against Golden State, and the draft is now four weeks from tomorrow. We just got done talking about the draft a little bit, mock drafts. Kind of trickling in a little bit. We got a little bit of year, Bernie. It is, it yeah. is indeed that time of year. Wide receivers, edge rushers. Who will it be? What will it be? What do we want it to be? What's our poll question today? Yep. Before you know it, the NFL draft will be here only a month away. So simply put, how should the Cardinals use their first round pick? Your four options are edge rusher, wide receiver, corner, and other. You know what? You missed the obvious answer. Inside linebacker. 
I totally, <laughs> I totally think they should take another inside oh, linebacker. Oh man! I mean that that's yeah because the other clear, two guys right, clear and obvious yeah. need right. We'll, we'll I put mean, a new poll up with just it, four <laughs> options. They got to trade up for that. Twenty second is way too low. Yeah, you got to move into the top ten. Get another line. I mean, yeah. just in case one of these other guys don't work out, you right. got to have the right back just in case. I need another off the ball linebacker. I'm just I'm jonesing for one. What in if the worst what kind if, of what way? If, what if Zayvon Collins doesn't work out? <laughs> I mean, you can't like you, you know. <laughs> listen, sometimes you got to double down on it. You know, if it doesn't work out, you got to double down, triple down, quadruple down. <laughs> um, I think. I mean, I'm always best player available guy. I they need to find a young edge rusher that they can call their own for the next ten years. I agree. All right, I'm going so, edge rusher. So both are going with edge rusher. Not the top answer. You guys not in tune with the people today. Well, kind of an overwhelming one. Fifty percent say wide receiver. Twenty nine point three percent say edge rusher. So almost there, boys. Twelve point one percent say corner, and eight point six percent say other. My theory on the radio thing is: as long as the people are in tune with us, rather than me being in tune with them, then it's going to work out okay. For okay, us. fair enough. Because people are listening. That's just my. That's my. What you I shake? don't have a drum set. Here, what are you shaking your head for? I know that was a low-hanging fruit right there, but I tried as best I could. All right, that's the poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page, at Burns and Gambo. One word is where you can find that. So the Phoenix Suns have done something. Well, I've done lots of things, all right? They've, but they've done this one thing in particular, and we were talking about the Cardinals a second ago. What do we always say about Cliff Kingsbury when it comes to the job that he's done since he's been here? Three wins. Five wins, eight wins, 11 wins, right? Yes. Steady improvement, steady progress, and how that's the mark of of the, the job that he's done here and how yes. good a job he's done sure. here. That's why he's okay. still the head coach. The Suns say hold my beer. Oh, okay. the, the Suns say hold my drink. Because the Suns have now become, and this little nugget courtesy of friends over at Bright Side of the Sun, the Suns have become just the second team in the history of the NBA to improve their win total by 10 or more wins in three straight years. The only other team they Shut ever the do front it. door. Right? Right? That's I mean that, that I think that's kind of significant, right? I think that's a that's an achievement to be discussed for a few minutes. That there's only one other team like a Sixer the Celtics from the early 70s. The only other team to improve by 10 wins or more. Three straight seasons. 2018-19. The Phoenix Suns won 19 games. They lost 63. Their head coach was Igor Kokoshkov, which took us at least three months to figure out how to do it. That was the Trevor Ariza year to say it. Yeah. It took us three months. That team had DeAndre Ayton. He was a rookie. That team had Devin Booker. He was in his third year. That team had Mikael Bridges. He was a rookie. There were a lot of other players that came through that door when you start to look. I mean, that was, you know, TJ Warren was here and uh, Kelly Oubre and um, uh, Rashawn Holmes. That was the Jimmer year. That was the Jimmer year. You know, I, you know, out of all the stories that I've broken over my year, I don't think anything uh, got as much play as that one. That was absolutely ridiculous. Remember that? I mean, it just Jimmer Fredette when when I reported that the Suns were signing Jimmer Fredette. Um, that was a that was Dragon Bender was here. It's it, not true. I th- I thought of another story that you broke that I I remember 
The Jimmer for that one might have been one of the biggest. Well, went, the, went crazy because of how popular he was. The Steve Dash to the Lakers. Oh, that story. was the biggest one. Yeah, uh, the, the, that was the biggest. The one. Steve Kerr is not going to be back as the general manager of the that Sun was the big story. One too. I still remember how big that story was. That story was that story yeah. was insane. How big that story was that you broke. Uh, Jimmer was in retrospect, yeah, got a lot of attention because it's Jimmer. But was it really that big of a deal? Um, no, no. I mean, it wasn't to, to to us, but to a lot of other people it was. But then just think of where you come. Okay, so you have 19 wins. The next season, they bring in Monty Williams. You go from 19 wins to 34 wins. Is that comparable with the Cardinals going from... Three to five? Three to five? Yeah. Ish. Okay. Yeah, roughly. I, I, would, I would say roughly, yeah. Yeah. They went thirty. They went thirty-four and thirty-nine. What was different about that team? Well, Aaron Baines was one. Um, Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio was Huge two. Difference on that. Team. And then you know, obviously Kelly Oubre, who you know for a full season. So Rubio, Oubre, and Aaron Baines were a big part of getting that team to the success that they had. Another Frank Kaminsky was here, and he's still here. Dario Saric was here. So you started to see the foundation come together, and then they were 34 and 39. It was respectable. It wasn't, it wasn't terrible to be a Suns fan in 2019-20. I mean, it was somewhat respectable. And then, obviously, 51 and 21 last year, make it all the way to the NBA Finals. So it, you're right. I mean, the improvements from 19 wins... To 34 to 51, I mean, that's incredible. I mean, that is an incredible turn. It doesn't happen, right? It usually doesn't happen like that. No. Uh, no, it, it almost. It's just rare. It almost never happens like that. 19, 34, 51, and then 67, 66, 60, whatever it's going to be. It ends up at, right. I mean, think about it. Just go over that again. 19 wins, then they, then they improved by, then they got to 34. Then they got to 51, and now they're going to get to 60-something. And in one of those seasons, there was there was less games, right? There was only 73 games in the year they won 34. Um, so there were less games. That was the bubble year, and that was the, the shortened season. Well, there season. were less games last year, too, when they won 51. There was only 72 games It was 72, there yeah, 72 last season, season right. Season and now too. this year, you know, full season. It's just, but either way, I mean, the, the improvements are incredible. You don't, you don't see anything like that. It's rare. There was a sit-down today with Doris Burke and Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Tonight's game is on ESPN, the Warriors game. And they were both asked, is this a championship-level team? thousand percent. And I didn't play on a lot of really good teams. Regardless what happens with this team, I know, you know, we built for it. If you missed it at the beginning, he said a thousand percent. A thousand percent. Now here's Devin Booker. That's what we played the game for. You know what I'm saying? To be the last team standing. You know, I know everybody in our group is, is looking after that and looking forward to that. There, uh, in terms of a gambling perspective, the five best bets, according to this story, Five teams with championships, a chip, a championship odds that you should bet on. Story that you sent me today. I'm not sure where you got it from, but it's a good one. They list the Celtics at plus 1100, the Heat at plus 1100, the Grizzlies at plus 1600, the Bucks at plus 650, and the Suns plus 300. The best record in the league by far. Let's not overthink. What does that this, mean? Plus 300? Because I still don't really know. Bet 100, win three. Bet a hundred, win three. Yeah. So for the Memphis Grizzlies, you bet a thousand, you win three thousand. Right. Bet a hundred, win sixteen hundred. You know. Well, well, you made a bet on Mikel Bridges. Uh, Yeah, yeah. But my bet was a lot. My odds were a lot better. Yeah, bet fifty bucks. I'm going to win seventeen fifty. 
This yeah. is bet a hundred win three hundred. Is that still good odds? Is that still pretty good odds? It's great. You got you got it at what plus thirty two hundred, right? Wasn't that what we decided? Gamble got. Uh, I got. I think it was thirty six plus thirty six hundred. Okay, I get seventeen fifty on a fifteen hundred dollar bet on a fifty dollar bet. Fifty dollar bet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are, and those, those are really long odds. Defensive player of the year. It's good. It's a wise. Well, it's good. No, I wouldn't call it a wise on. investment, but it's a that's a, a good smart a, yeah. futures bet right there. Well played, I'm Gamble. Not have a future in this this gambling. Perhaps, perhaps you can text us your thoughts on the Suns and their championship odds. Really, anything you want that we're talking about here on the Burns and Gambo Show. The FanDuel text line is open for you right now here at 620-620. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show, the Lakers, is that it? And the other team in L.A., meanwhile, got a very important player back last night. Are we worried about that? We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo. There's a headline this morning in the USA Today that they tweeted out, and the headline simply read, We can stop talking about the Lakers now. I hope so. I know we can't. Yes. Yeah. But we're close. We're so close to being able to not talk about the Lakers anymore. They lose yesterday to the Dallas Mavericks. If you're listening to our show at all yesterday, we were actually chronicling some of the game as it was going on because they were just getting flat out humiliated. I, I mean, just absolutely embarrassed on national television. By I know they didn't have AD and I know they didn't have LeBron, but Luka Doncic had a triple-double by the start of the fourth quarter. Uh, they were down 37 at one point. They ended up only losing yeah. by 18, but by then Dallas was probably playing uh, like the scrubs in the fourth yeah, quarter and everything. They're 4-13 since the All-Star break, the Lakers. Four wins and 13 losses, which is on pace to be the franchise's second lowest win percentage post-All-Star break in team history. Four wins, 13 losses since the All-Star break. They have, they're currently 11th in the Western Conference. There's only seven games remaining. Uh, they have the same record as the Spurs, but as we talked about many times the last couple of days, the Spurs have the tiebreaker over them. You look at the final stretch, the Lakers have gone 4-10 against the teams that they've got to play. Against six remaining opponents. They played the Nuggets twice. They're 4-10 against these Spurs teams. Spurs haven't been much better now. No, they're they're five, they're 5 and 11 against right. the teams that they have yeah. remaining, right? Yeah. But I just think that every team is going to have that, oh man, let's put the nail in their damn coffin. I think so. I think every team's going to be I, like, let's put the nail in there. The well, Denver Nuggets are going to play. They're all going to play to beat them. We're all going to play to beat them. We talked about this yesterday. I think in some ways the Lakers have put the nail in their own damn coffin. They don't want to play to I, 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 I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I think they know they're toast. I do, and, and I, I think they know, and I know there's reports that AD could be back as early as Friday. Okay, great. whoop de doo I think for the most part, LeBron, LeBron knows this team is toast. AD knows this team is toast. Yeah, why, why, for, why, bother? I mean, why, why bother? Why am I going to kill myself to come back from an ankle injury You would and think that injury? the mentality is not like that. You would think that a professional athlete, look, we want to get to the playoffs. We want to give ourselves a chance. You know, we want to play. I mean, they played in a playing game last year. You know, they beat the Golden State War. They... They beat Golden State, right? I th- no, Golden State lost twice last year. Memphis was in the play-in yeah, the game. Yeah, Lakers, the Lakers won the first play-in game. They won the they first play-in game. seventh so they could play the Suns in the first round. Go- yeah. they beat the, the Lakers beat Golden State barely, and then I think Golden State lost to Memphis. Is that how it works correct. out? Yes. Okay, I think that's how it works We're out. We're getting yeah. a head shake and two thumbs up, yes. Yeah, I, so you would think the mentality of an athlete is to, is to play. But look, I mean, it's got to be a part of you after that sun, after the Suns hung 48 on you in the first quarter. It's like, oh my God. Yeah. Can't like can't you know can't beat them. Well, I think that Lakers team last year thought, okay, we were hurt all year, but we got all of our guys back. 
We get into the Western. We can beat anybody in the West. So let's get everybody back healthy. Let's go and see what we can do. Even when they're healthy. What was that stat you rolled out yesterday? When LeBron and AD play together, they're 11 and 10. 11 and 10. They're, they're, they're 500 team when they both special. play. No. And I think they know they're nothing special. And so it's for much me, different than last year. Much, much different. different. Last they year. had a chance last year. Yeah. I think last year, any thoughts that they could contend were semi-legitimate. This year, they're fraudulent, man. They're, they're, you can have no thoughts the Lakers are, are built to surprise people this crazy year. to think that a team wouldn't want to make the playoffs, though. It does, but I, I think there's probably in your mind, you're like, my God, we're going to get in and we're going to get humiliated, because they will. Like yeah. The Suns will humiliate the Lakers in a playoff series. Uh, by the way, did you hear the Russell Westbrook? Uh, I did. I, I listened to the whole thing. I didn't think it was so bad, but go ahead. Here's Russell Westbrook getting into it with a reporter post game. What do you think should change? Winning. Okay, that's obvious. What do you think should change? Winning. Winning games, playing hard. Mm-hmm. Ask, you ask the question that you've been answered. That's fine. You got to answer the winning? Alright. You have to answer the winning? I'm not out there playing. Maybe I think I'm you give me the answer before you think you <laughs> Exactly. So well, I don't have the answer. You know, I, exactly. If so, you don't have it, you out there, I so can't you have it. You ask me if you have an answer. You don't have it either. Well, but I don't play, Russell. If you, I want to get the information from you. So that I'm one, one person, Jim. Right. It's a team game. Right. So I don't, I don't have an answer. Okay. I may have it. I don't have it. So good. But I'm asking the pros who know the game, play the game, yeah, yeah. what you guys, what you think you can do to make it your point, yeah. their point, their vice sure. That's what I'm asking. No, I'm really, okay. respect that. <laughs> Westbrook noticed a video camera pointed in his direction yeah. and changed his tone, offering a half hug to the reporter before he left the room. Quote, we cool. Y'all got to make sure to record that. Close quote. <laughs> we cool. We cool. Gave him a hug afterwards and yeah. everything. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's he, he he was terrible last night. He had 25, 8, and 6, but they, he was a minus 25 right. in the 32 minutes he was on the floor. Yeah, no, they play no defense. I, I, I mean, that's a team that absolutely plays no defense. Look, let's not bury the lead here. I think the bigger story to develop in the NBA last night was twofold. Number one, it was Paul George came back, yes. and after missing like three months of basketball, he, he scored, was really good. He was really good. He scored yeah. 34 points in 31 minutes. Yeah. All right, he missed 43 games with a torn ligament in his elbow, and he dropped 34 in his first game back. Yeah, they play hard. I mean, they're, they're 37 and 39 overall. They're in eighth place in the West. Um, you know, they're in the running for the play-in tournament. They're, they're a team that I think that they could win a game against the Phoenix Suns. I think they can Paul George goes off, they go crazy. Maybe they can win in one game. They can't they can't extend the series longer than that. In my opinion, they they're not a threat to them. But Paul George, we saw Paul George last year, I and mean, he is very capable of taking over games, taking over quarters, going on stretches yep. over two or three minutes where he's, you know, unstoppable. So, you know, we we saw that last year. He's a dynamite player. I don't fear them. I respect them. Yeah, which is crazy to say. Play that, hard because last year there was not a lot to respect with Pat Bev and that team. But now that he's in Minnesota, I do not fear the LA Clippers. I respect the LA Clippers because they play really, really hard. The other story to come out of that game: the Clippers were down twenty-five points with twenty minutes to go, and they rallied to beat the Utah Jazz. And after the game, Donovan Mitchell was distraught. Man, he was really he was not in a good place. I don't know. Ah, it's the same. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it feels the same way. It's the same thing. This is literally the same thing. And yeah, I had six turnovers. Turned the ball over too much. We didn't get back on defense. Didn't rebound. 
It's the same bleep. It's the same thing. It's literally the same thing. And and he just, he just he, he, I watched the video, man, and he was just yeah. he was distraught, um, visibly almost like shaken, yeah. trying to figure out what the hell just happened right here. So the, how do we lose that game? The Jazz have lost five straight games. Now there's really no fear of them falling to seventh. They're 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 tied right now, I believe, with Denver for six. So they're close to. Uh, wait, say again. Go, go ahead, bring it to me. What now? Oh yeah, they're tied. They're tied. Okay, I know. So the, so I placed the, the preseason the, bet on the Northwest. The That's Jazz right. and the Nuggets are tied for for mm-hmm. sixth right. Right now, and the Minnesota's two behind both, and Minnesota's two behind both. But the Jazz have the tiebreaker over Minnesota, and their final six games, two of their final six games, are against the Thunder and the Trailblazers. And they've so so for them falling to the seventh seed is like almost an impossibility. They've got basically a three and a half game lead with six games to play. They're not going to fall to seventh, but they're not going to have home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. It doesn't appear, and and they could fall potentially to sixth when it's all said and done. You Utah's know, not playing well. It reminded me of when Shaquille O'Neal had Donovan Mitchell on the, the postgame show after they had won a game, and he was almost like, hey, I just want to say it to your face. I don't think you're good enough to carry a team. I... I I I I Donovan Mitchell's a great player. Rudy Gobert's a great player. That team is not built good enough to win. You know, they had the best record in the NBA last year, and they lost in the playoffs. So, like, they're a good team. They're a good team. They'll, um, but they're not. I don't think they're capable of getting to the NBA Finals the way that they're built right now. There is something fundamentally flawed about that team. And you're right. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. But there's just something about it where the parts. Should work, right? It yeah. should be a better team than it is, and they're not. And, and I don't know why. The parts just don't seem to fit the way that they are supposed to fit there. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, round ball, round table time with two guys who got fat earlier in the week thanks oh, to yes. their pizza from John Gambadoro. Mm. Two of our lead reporters from ArizonaSports.com who both predicted the Suns would win more than 60 games. They got a lot of grief about it from Gambo, and then they got some pizza from Gambo. Kellen Olson, Kevin Zimmerman in studio. Round ball, round table next on the Burns and Gambo Show.